Hi guys, hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Irish Balance podcast. If you are new to this podcast, you're very welcome. My name is Kira Kelly. I'm a medical doctor specialising in public health medicine based in Galway in Ireland. And if you're a regular listener, then you already know who I am. And you can find me at the Irish Balance on Instagram. So I'm so excited to bring you guys a brand new episode today. It's been really nice to record some new episodes during our level five in Ireland. For those who are outside Ireland, we're all staying at home with the COVID-19 pandemic, doing our best to stay safe. And it's been really nice to record some new podcast conversations. So my guest today is Kate McDade, who many of you will know as at NutriKate on Instagram. Kate studied food science at um, University College Dublin before following her ambition and moving to the UK to complete an MSc in sport and exercise nutrition at Loughborough University. And she secured a position in a nutrition consultancy over there, progressing to a senior health and performance nutritionist. Then back in Ireland, she founded NutriKate, which is a high performance nutrition consultancy that's based in Dublin. And I actually did an Instagram takeover with Kate um, on the NutriKate platform earlier this year, which was so fun. And Kate has a really clear love for sport. She's captained the Irish basketball team and continues to play basketball competitively. And I'm pretty sure way back when we played against each other as well. Um, And she's also a lecturer in applied nutrition at uh, TUD. Kate's also a fluent Irish speaker. um, And I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself in a couple of minutes. So, Kate, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Great. Thanks, Kira. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad to have you on. It was so much fun doing an Instagram takeover on your page earlier this year. And at the time, I remember thinking, yep, I am getting Kate on the podcast and we're going to have a chat. So it's great that we can make it work. Level five is useful for some things anyway. Exactly. (laughs) Um, How how has your COVID year been, the COVID-19 pandemic? How has that been for you? Um, Up and down. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's definitely been a challenge. Like I, I definitely think the first lockdown for me was probably the most um difficult. Um, I suppose because everything was so new. Like from mm. a business perspective, like um, I work a lot um with sports, as you mentioned there, and um, mm. you know, overnight half of my contracts were you know paused or pulled. Um, and it was kind of just all this uncertainty was just quite overwhelming. And I suppose as a, a person who's running from A to B the whole time and has very little time to sit down and, and mm. be on my own, you know, all of a sudden I had, you know, well, I did and I didn't have loads more time, but I definitely was, you know, uh, on my own a lot more, which was mm. challenging in and of itself. And really, um, you know, you have to kind of... Um, tackle everything that's in your in your brain when yeah. you have time to be quiet and sit still and which can be difficult sometimes so I think personally and professionally it was challenging just because um you know I suppose it was a, a new world or a new realm I was unfamiliar with and you know in general you're mm. you're trying to find your feet in life mm. anyway never mind trying to find your feet in a freaking pandemic <laughs> where we don't know, know what's going on um, <laughs> so it's definitely been challenging probably you know as as everyone else has found it um but I, I, you know I'm still I've been very fortunate like a business has been ticking along and I've you know um, myself my family my friends have all been safe and well mm. so like I do feel very fortunate but 
it's definitely been a, an eye opener to say the least. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I think the pandemic has affected us all in so many ways, but we all have a story from this year. And I just think that's one of the most interesting things that we can talk about between ourselves. You know, everyone has something that has been taken from them or something that's, you know, changed about their life this year like this I don't think we could find anyone whose life hasn't been affected in some way by this and I love what you said there about having to tackle everything that's in your brain I think we've had a lot more time to really sit down and and reflect a lot and that can be really tough I think um particularly when you don't have all these extra distractions that we normally have yeah definitely like I mean I do try and be you know self-aware and I do you know take time out to reflect on things and both personally and professionally and you know it's something that I get from my clients to do and um, mm-hmm. so I, I do see the importance of it but this was like a whole new level as you said there's a lot less to get distracted by so um so yeah and I, I do think it's important it's you know you know I found myself maybe having conversations and um, not to sound completely like I was off the wall but having <laughs> conversations with myself in ter- you know maybe that I yeah. haven't had before and questioning mm. my own you know thoughts uh, interpretations and whatnot so actually from a personal development perspective it's actually been really eye-opening and and a really positive thing when I think about it although it was rocky <laughs> it's yeah <been> <laughs> the grass is greener on the other side <laughs> exactly thank god yeah <laughs> I'd love to start Kate just with your own background I know I've spoken a little bit about um, kind of your journey from undergraduate to where you are today but I'd love if you could just tell us a little bit about it in your own words and I suppose what inspired you to pursue kind of the realm of nutrition and food and going into sports nutrition from there? Yeah so um, I suppose my love for nutrition really stemmed from um, you know my my sporting background and um, mm-hmm. I wasn't overly academic in school like i try and nearly be taking up new sports to to get out of class as much as I possibly could <laughs> um, because I was quite good at sport and you know it, it felt natural and um, mm. so and I and I really enjoyed it but it was probably in transition year um I you know we had to do work placement so I was fortunate enough to shadow a nutritionist at the time and that was the first time where you know like I'd mean I'd spoken with nutritionists before you know through basketball it would be like maybe Mm. once offs here and there so that did interest me but it was this point where you know I was shadowing this nutritionist and she was delivering a seminar on you know on health and nutrition to I think it was like uh, bus drivers at the time and like you know she repeated the same talk or nearly enough to the same talk you know few times over and Mm. each time you know I picked up something new I was fully engaged I really just wanted to know more and that Mm. I was really lucky in that sense that you know that gave me direction and I've probably never been so certain about something in my life and Mm. that was a real light bulb moment and and from that point there I was like right I want to pursue nutrition that's going to be the career for me and and I suppose that's what I focused on then and yeah that's so interesting. I love that. I love the idea of a light bulb moment because I think it's something that it takes a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of time to kind of figure out. Um, or maybe it's a very dimly lit light bulb that kind of grows over time with with a spark along the way. But clearly, er, very early on for you, your interest was was peaked when you were shadowing in fourth year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I mean, even from that, like, 
in my in my own career um, um you know and um, from a professional side you know how maybe what I thought being a nutritionist entailed at the mm. beginning versus what I now know it to be are mm. all you know very different things but I suppose you know I've never I've never really thought I've made a wrong decision here so while I've mm. grown and my ideas have changed over time and you know I'm sure they'll continue to to change and I'm constantly being challenged in terms of you know different mm. people that I meet different athletes I work with or you know different mm. clients I see and um, you know I've, I've that kind of uh, passion hasn't died so I feel really really fortunate in that um, and I suppose then from competing and um, basketball wise like I've seen the the value um, I've gotten for looking after my own um, health and well-being looking after mm my performance nutrition and you know I've reaped the rewards of that too so I kind of have first-hand experience at what I'm looking to to help others achieve um, yeah, so yeah. Right. That's, that's awesome I think um so interesting what you said there about what you thought it was versus what it actually is I think that's so true for me as a doctor as well like I often get asked this like what's the day job like and it's something that I think really is a bit of a it's very hard to disentangle when you're so young like when you're in sixth year applying for a, like a lifelong career and you have an interest in the area but the day-to-day -day is often so different and I think it's often a stroke of luck almost that you find a part of the day-to-day -day or maybe all of it that you enjoy so it's, it's really cool to hear that you've noticed a difference there in your own career as well but it's something that you've enjoyed um, and I'd love if you could tell us about NutriCate then I suppose where did that come from or where did that idea come from and, and what led you to establish it? Yeah so I knew I always wanted to do my own thing <laughs> so I'm not too sure like what that like I didn't have necessarily a light bulb moment that stood out for me but I always mm. wanted to do my own my own thing and um, from a business perspective so um when I was over um in the UK and I and I started working in the industry over there and um, you know I worked my way up in the consultancy that I was in over there but again I still had this yearning you know I you know I want to do my own jam um mm. and I knew I wanted to come home and and do it uh, here so before I kind of lost the confidence to you know take the plunge and take the risk um I kind of got myself uh, back to Ireland to set up what now is is Nutricate so um I suppose I tried to take all of the experience I I had up to that point and and try and translate that to um you know a, a setup that stood true to my own beliefs my own mm. practice um and, and that had a bit of personality in it so mm. um you know and tr try to keep in line with with my own values um, mm. and I suppose you know through many conversations through many hours um, headaches trying to <laughs> put it all together um you know I Nutricate was born and and mm. even at the beginning like I mean I thought I, when I first was coming home to set up you know Nutricate I thought I'd be working with um females for the most part weight loss predominantly um mm. yes one of my first biggest contracts was with a, a, sen a senior male football team so it was like the complete right. opposite <laughs> yes yeah, so yeah. Um, while I was working in a sports performance um, over in the UK, as well as kind of general health 
and well-being like I did think maybe the the general health element of it might take the might be the forerunner to the consultancy when really mm. you know sport um, kind of took the reins which looking back on it now like makes so much sense uh, given mm. you know my own um my own background my mm. own uh, enjoyment and whatnot um so yeah so it, it kind of you know started taking shape and I think a really important part of uh business is being able to adapt so you know being able to change things up if needed when needed and and try trying to roll with what I was given to try and figure out okay where my my ground is on a on a business front because you're trying to figure everything out as a practitioner um, mm. and and improve upon there and then to kind of and I suppose that was definitely I was naive on that front starting it like I was like I want to do my own thing do my own business like, <laughs> yeah. and then when you realize how many strands to that you're like oh yeah. my god like it's nearly better <laughs> I didn't know what was involved before I started yeah. um, it nearly would have freaked me out um yeah but yeah so it's kind of just taken shape um and you know I'm I'm really kind of proud of where I've gotten to um over the last three years and I feel like mm-hmm. you know our our brand and our, our values have always stayed true um no matter what way we've adapted or pivoted so so yeah so that's some sort of insight yeah I was gonna say have you seen that trend on was it on Twitter or Instagram maybe both but it was like how it started how it's going have you seen that one no I didn't it's really interesting so people interpret it loads of different ways but it's basically like let's say for example how it started let's say you on day one sitting down with a notebook kind of going I want to do my own thing how does that look and then how it's going is like where you're at right now and I just think that obviously when you're when you're at the how it started point you you'll never know for sure about the how it's going bit but taking that little bit of time to reflect and look back and go okay no actually it's it's going okay and I'm doing okay and I should be proud of myself and I think that's definitely something that like it's not you know not necessarily about like patting yourself on the back every day but I suppose being proud of the journey that you've come on and and realizing the growth because I think when you have an idea like that and the passion for what you do the way I can tell that you do you're kind of always reaching and trying to grow and ask how can I do better how can I do better um and I think every so often looking back and going okay that's how it started and this is how it's going I'm actually doing all right it's kind of a nice thing I don't know maybe that's just me but I thought it was a really nice trend that's how I interpreted it anyway (laughs) yeah no definitely because I I do think it's you're constantly looking you know to to push the boat out to Mm. reach these high standards that you set for yourself and you can get kind of caught up in that and and again it goes back to kind of focusing on maybe what you don't have versus all that you do have and you know when you start looking at that from that perspective you know life and everything else feels a lot more fulfilling Mm. and more um, enjoyable and so what I've tried to definitely start focusing on is like the process like the, you know myself and my team are putting in place um, and, and enjoying that and you know kind of any pr- progression and and developments we make great but like mm. I think being present and enjoying everything that's going on right now and living in now um, is something that I'm definitely working on because I see such mm. value in it. 100% and sure look no better time than a pandemic and having to stay home <laughs> to figure out what's not the present moment um I'd love to chat to you a bit about kind of the basics of nutrition for performance and training I say that like it's just a quick topic obviously obviously it's a huge topic but um I wanted to focus it down to a kind of a, a two or three questions I guess particularly 
based on some great posts that you've shared before, one of which was, I suppose, about just getting the basics right. And I'd love to know, just from your experience, what do you consider the basics when it comes to nutrition and a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, so, I mean, this is often something that can be overlooked because maybe more kind of buzzy or catchy kind of um, ideas, you know, are, are more appealing and more alluring. But like when you pair performance back, so like I look at performance from an athlete's perspective, but also mm. then like day to day, like you and I are performing right now, like we have to convert. Yeah. We need to, you know, we're, we need energy to do what we're doing at the minute and mm-hmm. to be fully engaged and whatnot. So um, a lot of what I get um, my athletes and just clients to, to look at is, you know, performance on a day to day basis, like getting the most out of yourself um, on a day to day basis and performing as the human being that you are. And um, mm-hmm. so looking at the the fundamentals from the sense of like adequate hydration like where are you on that front are you getting enough sleep or has that gotten the boot because you're up the walls at work or you know family or whatever it might be Mm. and what's your fruit and veg like um how's your protein intake doing like these are all things that we you know can can control and can improve upon and reap the rewards of and um, yes, it does. That doesn't sound so exciting. Like you know, that kind of way. Mm. So I, you know, more people might like the idea of um a quick fix or a magic bullet or like this drink that sounds really slick and full of everything that you need. And uh, when in reality, if we actually just um you know take that moment to reflect and see, okay, well actually I'm probably running on about six hours of sleep here. Can I yeah. even? improve that to six and a half or mm. I actually don't look at a glass of water until about six in the day maybe <laughs> I can do a bit better on that so it's just again figuring out what your low-hanging fruit is and often that requires us to stop and it requires us to have a think and that's something that we don't always want to do yeah I think that's so true you're so right about magic bullets and quick fixes and this is where I think social media can be such a devil and it can be so hard to like because we know this is what we talk about in public health so much as well I mean the basics are are just not sexy <laughs> they just aren't <laughs> although I personally think a good night's sleep is very sexy but um <laughs> they, they they aren't in comparison to some of the marketing ploys out there particularly cleverly marketed things on social media as well um talk to me about hydration I suppose I think that's something that a lot of people often ask like, how much do we need or what does it depend on? Um, where would you start with that if someone's kind of wondering how much should I be getting in a day, for example, as a as a basic that we should be getting right? Yeah, so like a really easy um, option there would be to take, um, to monitor your urine. So mm. I, again, we talk about things not being overly sexy, like that definitely isn't <laughs> helping <True>. the cause. <laughs> yeah, uh, <but laughs> like we all go to the bathroom, we probably have a look <laughs> for the most part. Um, yeah. So now hopefully, you know, the colour will, will tell you something or it will mean something. So for example, if your urine for the most part of the day is a clear, you know, pale yellow colour, you're, you're probably doing a good job with your hydration. Whereas if it's a deep yellow for the most part of the day, you, you need to up your game. So like something like that is is very um, easy uh, to follow and it's a useful guide. Um, mm. Monitoring your thirst. So like 
having um, a drink at your desk or in your bag so that when you get thirsty, you can actually have something to drink um, mm. will, will help with, with uh, managing your hydration too versus, oh God, I don't have anything handy. I'm in the middle of finishing a presentation or doing emails. Mm. I'm not bothered to get up right now. I don't want to disturb my train of thought. So mm. I'll just put it off for another few hours and, you know, another few hours can be dragged out yeah. as long as you want. Um, mm. So they would be good monitors or if you're someone who likes numbers or targets and um, multiplying your body weight in kilos by uh, 35 millimeters will give you a, an idea or a guide as to what your overall fluid intake could look like. Okay brilliant I think that's some really helpful tips for people even if it does mean having a look at your pee guys that's nothing to be afraid of <laughs> this is normal bodily functions people we need to normalize it. <laughs> <laughs> I so agree on the low hanging fruit, though. I mean, personally, I think sleep in particular is such a key one. And I know myself like I'm an absolute wagon if if sleep doesn't work out for me. And it's something that I talk to my mom about quite a lot because she cause she can have difficulty with her sleep. And it's something we chat about trying to get the basics right around like sleep hygiene and, um, you know, trying to do less stimulating things before bed or, you know, not having caffeine too late and that sort of thing. But those basics are are so important. I absolutely agree with you. Um, the next kind of question I want to ask you about was, I know obviously we're, we're in this level five at the minute. It means staying home a lot more. And you and I were chatting before we started recording the podcast about home workouts and, and challenges, shall we say, around those. <laughs> and a lot of people are using, I suppose, um, these lockdowns, um, to quote the phrase, to get more active or try new ways to move, whether that's at home or outdoors. And a question that comes up, I think, a lot is, um, you know, pre and post exercise um, meal or, or snack ideas. And I was wondering if you'd have any tips for people around that, particularly if people are, you know, getting more active or upping their level of activity. Yeah, so I suppose like um, one thing to note there, like, I mean, uh, if you're if you're getting more active um your your energy demands might change. So, you know, and again, this will depend on, you know, how active you were before yeah. um, what your overall energy intake is like anyway um so but that's something to maybe to to bear in mind so perhaps you haven't changed your diet much um and and now your activities have gone activity levels have gone up quite a bit mm. and you're feeling quite lethargic well there might be something there to change in terms of mm. your overall fuel but i suppose going to a, a pre and post um exercise um you know meal or snack ideas like what you're looking to include for the most part would be, you know, some sort of carbohydrates. They are going to feel high intensity exercise. They can make you feel, you know, a little bit better um, mm. and and you might enjoy your uh, session a little, a little bit more if you've got um, some, you know, a, a decent energy source in there. Protein is another one that is quite often overlooked. So we can be quite mm. good on the carbohydrate front. Um, but protein is something that I think um, can you know, generally, generally be improved by by most people. So, mm. including some sort of protein in in that meal or snack. So you're talking about eggs, chicken, um, you know, for vegetarians out there, um, or vegans. You're looking at maybe you know beans, pulses, mm. chickpeas, um, then we've got uh, fish and things mm. like that. So, mm. um, 
some sort something like that uh, can be really useful if you like yogurt like opting for a greek yogurt or an icelandic yogurt that is higher in protein than a regular yogurt is a really easy win so say mm. for example if you're exercising mid-morning your breakfast might now be um you know you might add a, a blob or two of of greek yogurt to to your wheat fix or whatever you might mm. be having or alongside your porridge um so i think some some protein some carbohydrates like a, a bit of fruit or um some vegetables like again they won't go amiss um and um i think hydration again is really important so like being dehydrated before you start a session and um, you know it can make the session seem uh harder than what it actually mm. should and you know sometimes and again going back to our conversation pre-recording uh, like I was just mm. saying how, you know it, I'm finding it difficult to to do my own workouts at home like I'm kind of mm. sick same setup and um, yeah. so it can be you know taxing just to do a session full stop and um, so mm. obviously if we can alleviate um or make it that bit easier well you know and that's within our control something mm. like top of your fluid intake is a really easy win and um, mm. so I suppose to get to maybe to give examples of what this kind of carb protein mix might look like and um, you know you're talking about um scrambled eggs and toast mm. you know, with a glass of water and um, you're talking about um, maybe some scrambled egg and beans and um, greek yogurt berries and mm. um, some granola and um, you know, if you're having, you know, say training in the evening, maybe your lunch might be something a bit more substantial. You know, if you're eating before or if you're training before dinner and mm. you're looking at, um, you know, something like a chicken breast or a chicken stir fry even with some rice. So mm. that give you guys um, an idea as to uh, what you should be aiming for. But I think probably protein will be the, the is usually the thing that stands out that could maybe be a little bit better and I, I suppose the reason I'm putting emphasis on that um, is because that will support our, our muscle growth our muscle repair and it helps us hold on to our lean muscle tissue and um, mm. our mass which is what we want to do and um, which will support you know um, our health too so mm. that's kind of the reason for that. Absolutely and I think it's so it's such an important point to raise particularly as we get older we see sarcopenia muscle muscle loss with age and I think it's really important particularly I know for just from my own work as a doctor in the hospital is that something we would see among the elderly populations because the protein intake can fall off I suppose a bit later on when I suppose appetite changes or maybe a person's ability to look after themselves changes as well um, and protein is, is a really key one there um, yeah. perfect Kate thanks Melinda. there's so many helpful tips in that I know people will find that really useful and um, there was another kind of phrase that we hear a lot food is more than fuel but this is something that you shared a post on recently with uh, with this as a main message which I love it's definitely an ethos that I practice and obviously uh, you know working in in sports nutrition yourself I'm sure there is an element of, of seeing food as fuel but also you've got your own I suppose personal life and then professionally I'm sure as well um, it's clearly part of your own belief system that it, it's more than just something to fuel us and I'd love to know if that's something that you've kind of learned over time is that coming from your own work your own life or a mix yeah so I actually firstly I need to give credit to um, my colleague Lisa for that because oh good woman Lisa <laughs> yeah she put together but it's definitely something that you know it, it'd be part of our ethos in terms of mm. um 
you know, food is there to be enjoyed. Um, and it absolutely is something, you know, as much as it is to supply us with energy and nutrients and everything else. Um, but it is, is such an integral part um, of our, you know, day to day. It's a it's an important part for most of us, you know, to sit down with family, friends, um, like loved ones, um, and and you know, it can be um a really nice um time for you know to make time with people and um, mm. that, that mean a lot too. So um this was um you know definitely it's been a work in progress in term from my own perspective mm. in seeing it um as as that and probably you know I think with all the information that is at hand to us it can very quickly we can you know have maybe negative connotations mm. with you know certain foods or I think yeah. there can be a lot of confusion in terms of um, what health really looks like mm. um, or you know can look like um, versus you know maybe what we're we're led to believe it, it should look like um, because mm. health so multifaceted so um, so going back to the importance of you know food there to be enjoyed like I mean a huge part of our, our overall well-being and health while nutrition plays a large role but you know we have to look after our, our mental well-being and um, you know the company we share will have an influence on you know how good or otherwise mm. we feel too um, and very often you know food and occasions around that can really have a, an impact on on many areas of our overall health. 100%. I think something that really reframed how I think about food was just really learning and understanding the idea, learning about and understanding the idea of a healthy relationship with food, that it's not just something that, you know, is there just to eat or to, you know, act as fuel for exercise. It's actually something to be enjoyed. It's something to take pleasure in. And like we were just chatting uh, before we started recording about how nice it will be when we can do it again to go out for a dinner with, uh, to go out for dinner with a friend and enjoy a glass of wine and just share food share the company um share the occasion and I think it's something that's so important um and like I would agree definitely I think I think I don't know I think it'd be hard to find a woman <laughs> and a man maybe I think it affects women a lot more in terms of diet culture but it would be hard to find someone out there who's not been in some way affected by diet culture and by some of the negative messaging that's out there around certain foods these good and bad labels that are attached to certain foods like I know there was a recent post you guys shared about the joys of bread which I thought was amazing first of all because bread is amazing but also because (laughs) that's a food where there has been I think labeling of you know good versus bad or you know bread like all these myths about bread which is just I mean you can't have toast without bread just making that point (laughs) Um, yeah I just think it's, it's really important to combat those yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, but it, they're almost like, you know, there's things for the most part that we've grown up, you know, just been so used to hearing. Mm. And like even only uh, last week, um, you know, chatting to a few people and uh, they were like, oh, sure. Oh, sure. You probably would need a bagel. Like, would you? Yeah. Like, as if it was the worst thing in the world. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I actually just had one for lunch. As you yeah. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But yeah, there's all these misconceptions like, yeah. you know, and it's it's such a shame because they can be so disempowering. And like I'm saying this like, you know, almost blasé as if like, you know, I, I don't understand where, where you're coming from. I completely understand where it's coming from. It's something I've had to, um, you know, I've done my own work on mm. from a personal mm. perspective, which sounds 
a bit mental when you know I'm I'm working in nutrition and you know I'm I'm looking at facts of different mm-hmm. foods and um and research behind um you know different nutrients and whatnot but um again due to kind of this culture we're used to and these messages mm-hmm. that we're used to hearing it can be quite um a minefield and you know we almost have these like inherent beliefs that we're not really even sure where they stemmed from or what weight they have or why we hold true to them but it's just kind of what we know um so it's and I remember even from a social media perspective like almost like sweating over posting a picture that had you know um chocolate in it and like and I actually posted about that a, a, probably a few months now. I can't keep track of time anymore. I know. Um, <laughs> it's mad. Um, yeah. But, you know, you know, I suppose acknowledging my own progress on this, whereas, like, I wouldn't think twice. Like, again, looking at the bigger picture now, like, I mean, health yeah. doesn't mean or associate with restriction um, all yeah. the time. Like, different goals that we have might um, lead us to maybe be a bit more restrictive um, than we normally would be. Um, but that's for a certain period of time and maybe to get mm-hmm. to a certain um, certain um, area that you want to get to. But mm-hmm. um, I think sustainability, maintainability, like um, is so, so important. And having flexibility in our diet allows us to, you know, be in a place that we're happy and comfortable in, enjoy food, um as we want to um and you know we can kind of keep moving through life in a, in a positive manner so um yeah, so yeah totally. it's definitely something that we need to keep tackling um but yeah there. I know absolutely yeah one Instagram post at a time <laughs> um I read a really good quote today by an author whose book I recently read Dolly Alderson some of the listeners might have heard of her but um she did a Q&A with RTE because she has a new book out called Ghosts and they basically said, what are your guilty pleasures? And her reply was amazing. It was like, I don't have, I don't attach guilt to pleasure. Pleasure is such an integral part of my life and I want no guilt about any of that. And I was like, oh my God, boom, you go girl. It was a fantastic answer. Um, So yeah, I think we're definitely on the same page on that one. Um, I recently had um, Tally Rye on the podcast and we had a great chat about diet culture and the importance of a healthy relationship with, with food and movement and our own kind of ups and downs with that. And I just think it's, really a conversation that we need to keep open and and keep trying to bash down the door um, of of the diet culture arm of it. And I suppose on that train of thought, I'd love to kind of uh, finish by chatting to you a bit about nutrition and social media, because obviously you're someone who works in nutrition, but you have to obviously, you know, use social media and maintain a platform as well. And it is, um, it is, you know, potentially a tool for a lot of really good positive impact and change, but it can also be a minefield, as you said, of, you know, um, of misinformation and nonsense, to be honest. But um, I'd love to know your thoughts as someone who who does have a nutritional platform on social media. How do you manage the time it takes from your day to day, and what's your been experience? What's been your experience with it so far? Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, like it can be a really you know positive tool, and I suppose like areas that we we touched on today, like you know, I want to get you know positive messages out to people to maybe move away from um you know negative narratives that mm. you know we're we're also accustomed to um for, like for me it's definitely like it is a minefield and I'm still trying mm. to get my head around it in terms of um managing my time with it to make sure I can get consistent messaging out there to make sure my messaging 
comes across in the in the way I want it to um yeah but uh and it's definitely something that you know I'm trying to improve upon you know day day to day week on week um but you know I mean it's it's definitely very very useful um and you know it's been a great way for for me to get um what what I want to get out there out there and mm. um, mm. and I mean I suppose the freedom of it is no one you know no one has to watch your content like so you're you know for the most part anyone who follows me I'd like to think you know they, they want to be there enjoy- yeah exactly so um I mean you can be there and you can show up if you want to and um, where you don't have to so I'm just trying to you know do the best I can to get mm. positive messages across the correct messages and costs in terms of what we do and don't know from um, a scientific perspective. Um, and even just from my own experience, like I've learned so much um, from, you know, developing as a person, as a practitioner over the last number of years. And I suppose translating information into a manner that relates to people is, you know, a skill in and of itself. So that's something yes. that I'm looking to, yeah, perfect and, um, you know, improve upon as much as I can. And, you know, I suppose as I develop, um, hopefully my messages get clearer and they're maybe more uh, tangible and relatable to people too. So it's definitely useful, definitely something I'm still trying to get my head around. (laughs) Hopefully we'll get there. (laughs) I know, I find like, it's funny, I don't have a personal Instagram account. My Instagram account started as my personal account. And then when I developed the blog, it became, I changed my handle to the Irish Balance and there's so much of my previous past content when I was clearly just very obsessive about like healthy eating and fitness and stuff and I've come so far from there but when I do my time hop like four years ago it's just lunch boxes like honestly Kate it's just like it's a bit embarrassing but I could go back and archive them but I kind of don't because I feel like it's it's a reflection of your own journey and now I find it's so much less about me it's more about the content and like you say trying to be consistent with it but share a bit of your own personal side of things as well because I think that is the key thing it's a nice thing about social media is that it is social and it is about connecting with people and like you know so many of my including like obviously connecting with yourself like it's through social media and getting to have these conversations um, and it would never happen otherwise you know yeah exactly and And I'm sorry go on (laughs) no no you go I was finished no you go for it um (laughs) So, yeah, even on that note, like from my own perspective, like um, particularly before, you know, now, thankfully, I have a team and, mm. you you know, I've got plenty. I can bounce my ideas back um, with colleagues. But um, with, you know, starting out in particular, like even growing my network with other people in the industry, you know, mm. social media was really useful from that perspective. Um, and as you said, like, you know, even you know we got in touch through social media and mm. um, despite um maybe a few knocks the basketball court years <laughs> previous but yeah so it's been really nice from a connection piece I think and um, what can be you know for me it's like finding the balance between um you know sharing personal and mm. um and how much of that I'm comfortable with and you know yeah. I suppose finding the right tone because at the end of the day like I want to add positivity and um, I suppose benefit to people's uh, life or those who follow me um, as best I can so it's like trying to figure out what what the best narrative for that is. Mm. And do you find in terms of your content there's common nutrition myths you're asked to kind of bust over and over again or do you kind of focus on 
the kind of content that you're trying to put out there. Does that make sense? As in, do you find that when you put out content, there's a lot of feedback on certain topics over others um, in terms of like pervasive nutrition myths out there? Um, yeah, so I think one uh, that comes up um, quite regularly. So I do every Tuesday, I've got like a Q&A session, essentially. Mm. It's like Thursday, Tuesday, I've called it. Um, oh, yeah, that's um, right. I love that title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so that's so through that in particular, you might get see kind of a common theme or, you know, the mm. same kind of myth might pop up. So uh, bread is one um which probably was one of the reasons for um for a post on it but um so too uh would be like you know eating late at night like is that a negative thing mm-hmm. um carbohydrates in general just have um are always on repeat in terms of god what's too much like okay. you know or i'm trying to avoid mm-hmm. this um what would be another one um Oh no, I can't. Um, sorry. No, the the ones you've said sound familiar to me. I think from what I've seen, just from your take Q Q and A's, and then a couple of other people that I follow when they do Q and A's as well. I feel like poor old carbs got a very bad rap for some earlier decades before our time, and it's it's been enduring ever since. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, that and eating past a certain time and yeah um and actually fasted um workouts is another one that's mm. quite common and um, you know in terms of any additional benefit like should I be aiming mm. to to do this and whatnot so um they're kind of be probably the well the, the three ones that have come to my mind first so that's mm. usually um they're the most uh, prevalent but yeah yeah and I know you've done posts on, I know you've done posts on most of those topics anyway, because clearly they're coming into you all the time. So you're like, I better just post about this and just yeah. put it to bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Kate, it's been so lovely to have you on to chat to you. I just think this has been so interesting. And I love hearing your insight to NutriCade and where kind of where you've come from to where you are today. Um, and we've chatted about some really interesting nutrition related topics. And I always finish my podcast by asking my guest uh, one question, which is so it's related to the fact that my own platform is called The Irish Balance. And I think when I started off, um, I think I felt like balance was a destination. But actually, as cheesy as it sounds, I really do think it's a journey. And I think you often end up figuring out what balance looks like for you or what a moment of balance looks like for you when you know what either extreme is, if that makes sense. Um, somewhere in the middle, I suppose. And I'd love to know uh, something that helps you find a moment of balance in your day or in your week, you know, whatever that might be. Um, for me, actually, it's probably getting out for um, a walk. So mm-hmm. trying to have, again, you know, seeing a bit of green, getting a bit of fresh air um, and trying to collect my thoughts because I'm, you know nearly need to slow myself down sometimes like when I wake up I'm like oh my god I need to do this I need to do that and I'm like oh yeah um, way behind already and it's <laughs> um, so that to me like get making time and I suppose um as I mentioned to you before I got on like you know, we've a, a new little doggo um in the house yeah. now yeah so um Ralph has been very good in particular in terms of like if I don't get up out of my chair to go for a walk, like he suffers. So like yeah. I really whatever about my own suffering, like <laughs> do that to him. So yeah. that's been um 
so he's actually been like a really good kind of uh, reminder to get up and out. Um, and I do really find that getting out for a walk, even if it's only around the block um, or, yeah. you know, longer, it's, it can be really, really beneficial to me. And it gets me, you know, calms me down if I'm freaking out mm-hmm. over something that I'm probably overthinking, uh, like, you know, way yeah. too much. Um, so, so, yeah, getting out for a walk, breaking my day up with that has, is super helpful for me just to calm, centre myself and mm. um, gain perspective. <laughs> I love that. I am people listening will know that I'm obsessed. Well, not obsessed. Sorry, obsessed is the wrong words. I like you find walking really therapeutic, really meditative, and you can catch up on your podcast if you want to. You can listen to music, or you can just listen to yourself and take, like as you say, take time to process. I love that. See a bit of green. That's also key. (laughs) (laughs) It does. So particularly now, I find if you have a bit of a full head. It's absolutely freezing out there. So it'll wake you up pretty quickly anyway, if you're out in it. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kate, thanks so much for giving us the time to come on the podcast. I've so enjoyed chatting to you. Um, I'd love if you could let people know where to find you, whether that's online or your website or anything that you'd like to flag in terms of your own content. Yeah, so I, I'm i probably most active on Instagram. So um, Nutricate underscore com. Um, you can get a bit more information about me and the team and what we do at Nutricate.com um, is our website. Um, and yeah, that's probably, they're probably the best two locations. Like I am on Twitter um, and Facebook too under Nutricate. So, um, you know, if you type Nutricate into any of those platforms, you you won't be uh long find me <laughs> <laughs> perfect Kate thanks so much for coming on the Irish Balance podcast I've really enjoyed having you on as a guest and guys if you did enjoy this episode please do tag myself and Kate in your Instagram stories or send us a message let us know what you thought of it and um, as always we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening and I'll talk to you the next time